Welcome to season two of the Let's Talk podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church, where we talk about what it's like to be a Christian Monday through Saturday, to be a person of faith in a culture against faith. So let's talk about how to have respectful conversation with disrespectful people. Yeah. Okay. So do you have like a, do you have an example in your head that you want to share of like some, like how this happened recently for you? I, I really wish you hadn't done that. You don't have to. <laughs> I wasn't answer. planning on telling the story. You don't have to tell the story if you don't want to. You're allowed to have boundaries, bro. No, I know. I I wasn't going to tell this story because um, it's not, it's a hard conversation to have. Um, there was a certain person who I am very close with um, who I just started a conversation. It was Father's Day. I just started a conversation about um, uh, uh, paternal leave. <laughs> I've heard this story. This is a good I just story. started the conversation there, and somehow it got to a point where this person was accusing me of not being a Christian because I wasn't, because like I have voted Democrat. Um, Somehow. <laughs> that was Clayton's first experience of such nonsense. <laughs> no, not my first, but you said recently. Yeah, I guess that's recent. Um, <laughs> yeah, this person accused me, essentially accused me of not being a Christian because I voted Democratic one time. Yeah. Um, so funny. Actually, multiple times, but because <laughs> he only knows about one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I don't yeah. What about you? Do you have one? Yeah, I think so. I got into a an argument on my Instagram comment section like two <laughs> weeks ago that I mean you watched the entire thing unfold. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And it was with another pastor. Um it's all gone now. He went back and deleted it all, which is fine, I don't care. Um but yeah, it made some posts on social media about homosexuality in the Bible. And I was just like giving my interpretive, like giving my own hermeneutical thoughts on some of these texts and ways yeah. that you can read them. If you choose to, that are not quite so oppressive. I mean, you still have to acknowledge that there's like a crap ton of homophobia in the Bible. Oh yeah. Um, but just like there's a crap ton of racism in the Bible, crap ton of oppression in the Bible. There's a crap ton of all kinds of negative things in the Bible. Yeah. Um, Needless violence, it seems sometimes. Yeah, so <laughs> I was, I just made these kind of posts, and it was like I don't know, maybe eight or nine of them, something like that. Yeah, in total. But he got bent out of shape, and he was a person, you know, he's a pastor, and he was a person that I had connections to in other realms. And um, he starts out very accusatory. Mm. Clayton, Clayton read mm. it all. He started out very accusatory and patronizing. Um, and so I responded, like me, you know, <laughs> I'm me. Uh, and I was very, it was very well crafted, my response, but I, we, we I was sat, very polite. Yeah, we sat and crafted this thing for yeah, like I, an hour. No, before. it wasn't an hour. I don't know, it was but a long time. We talked about it for an hour, oh, but by the time go. I pulled my phone out and started crafting the message, we only mm. reviewed it once. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was very carefully worded. It was very carefully worded, but I was also direct. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the thing. Like, if you're going to have respectful conversations with people that are not so respectful, I think that's part of it is, like, being direct and setting boundaries. One Mm -hmm. of my boundaries when I responded to him was, I'm not interested in having a conversation with you about this Mm -hmm. because of the ways in which you've acted in other venues. Mm -hmm. And he kept begging me. And so... He sent four other messages, and I didn't respond to any of them. Then he sent another one, and I was like, fine, I'm finally going to respond. So I responded, Mm -hmm. and it was, once again, very long, very well-crafted. It was me. I was respectful, but I was direct. And I I had even more boundaries, but I'd already laid my boundary. My boundary was, so what is his final, like his final punchline was, and his thing was about moral law and in Acts 15. And I just told him, I was like, I'm not interested in having this conversation with you. It was more wordy than that. But then on the second one, afterwards, I told him, so once again, if you want to continue having this conversation in this, or sorry, yeah, if you want to continue having this conversation in this venue, we can. And I continued with a much larger conversation. And then at the very last thing I did is I came back and said, so once again, as I've already said, with the most respect I can muster, I have no interest in having any conversation yeah. with you about moral law when you can't even give me a phone call, which was connected to the larger story that we had. Um, and so I reaffirmed my boundary, and yet he kept coming. Um, my, your boundaries in those should be set and clear expectations up front. Mm-hmm. And if those boundaries are not respected, conversation over. Mm. Like, if you're going to have a conversation, especially one where someone is not respectful and belligerent. um, Belligerent, that's a good word to use. You have to come at it with, I'm a person that is valuable and I have worth. And my worth is I'm no longer willing to have this conversation once my boundaries are not respected. And whatever point that is, here's the great thing. You get to set those boundaries. Mm -hmm. You get to set those. But once you set those, you have to just hold them. Like, okay, you didn't respect that. Conversation over. Yeah. Um, That's like what I tend to think about. Yeah. I hear you. Um. And I think the the boundaries thing is really important. Um, Also, not just outright, not being reactive um, in your responses, but... Oh, yeah. Being careful. Being thoughtful. Being very thoughtful in your responses and not responding um, in the same way. If they are coming at you disrespectfully, you need to not respond the way that they are responding. Yeah, for sure. Um, sure. And we're going to look at three different stories here, all in Matthew 22 in succession, where the Pharisees are coming to Jesus. Being belligerent. Being belligerent, trying to catch him in a trap in his words. Yep. Um, And so we're going to look at all these. But... We're going to first look at Matthew 22, verse 15, starting in verse 15. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap him 
and, tra- and trap him in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one, um, for you do not regard people with partiality. What does that sound like? <laughs> oh, they're stroking egos, bro. They are buttering him up. <laughs> they are setting, they are trying to set him up. Oh, they're yeah. like, you are the greatest thing oh, ever. Yeah. Trying to make him feel like he can say anything he wants yeah. until he says something heretical. And exactly. then they're going to, ah, I got you. Yeah, exactly. That's their plan right now. Exactly. That's their plot. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice. Notice. Aware of their malice. That is a harsh word. Yeah. That's, I mean, aware of their plot, aware of their plan, aware of their scheme. There are lots of other, like, like, strategy words they could. Yeah. Aware of their corruption. Yeah. Um, Jesus, aware of their malice. Meaning he saw through all of the bullshit. <laughs> he saw through all that BS. He knew they was on their bullshit. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. Uh, why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Boom. Boundary. Yeah. He said it up front. Mm-hmm. Don't test me. Yep. I, I'm coming guns ablaze yeah. you hypocrite. He, he abrasive and abrupt. Don't don't play chicken. Don't yeah. Don't, don't play, play chicken. Don't play chicken with Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, "Whose head is this, and whose title?" They answered, "The emperor's." Then he said to them, "Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's." When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. Um, Jesus, very upfront, aware that they are coming at him very disrespectfully. Um, he sets his boundary and then replies in logic. Jesus responds with the ultimate mic drop, bro. It's yeah, like, yeah. it's no, yeah. no, but it is so logical and also not like. He starts very forceful and like, no, I see y'all coming at me. You need to chill. We can have this conversation, but you need to chill. Uh, no, he shuts the conversation down. Conversation over. No, 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 no. Yes, at the end. But when they come at him asking the question, I see what you're trying to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So stop that and we can have this conversation. Yeah. Then he has the conversation very logically very just step by step. This is the truth. Cool. And they have nothing to say. Well, they have nothing to say because Jesus, Jesus beats them at their own game. Yeah. What do you, what do you think he's communicating to them? I think Give therefore to the emperor, the things that are the emperors and to God, the things that are gods. Trying to communicate that like you have, there are expectations from you. You meet them. Whatever they are, you meet them. Explain that another way. 
So God expects things from you as well as Caesar expecting taxes. So you pay your taxes as expected. You give the things that God expects from you to God. Yeah. Yes, that is one reading of this for Mm -hmm. sure. Let me give you another and why this is such a massive mic drop. And if you really want to understand the forcibility that Jesus comes with, show me the coin used for the tax. Mm-hmm. So that's the first question. Show me the, show me the actual currency, mm-hmm. the economy, the economia. Um, so show me the coin. And they brought him into Denarius. Then he said, whose head is this and whose title? Mm-hmm. Whose image does this bear? Mm-hmm. The emperor's. So render unto the emperor what is the emperor's and unto God's what is God. So what here bears the image of God? Them, the people. Oh, the people that he shows no partiality to the ultimate plane mic drop land the plane over these people and that's why they're amazed is because he understand they understand that he caught them they're no longer caring about the image of god Mm. jesus is absolutely hitting them upside the head with a two by four with that statement Mm. that is not just some logical like philosophical argument that's absolutely him beating them at their own game because he Mm. knows the law he knows the torah cool that's fine i also agree with that more what i was trying to say is he responds in logic and also not forceful or trying to he's not responding to them the same way that they respond that they came to him right i don't know bro he calls them hypocrites yeah initially like hey i see what you're coming at me with you need to chill yeah you are being the thing that you are saying is bad so stop yeah then we can have this conversation i'm just not sure that i'm not saying you're reading it wrong Mm. but what i am saying is i'm definitely not reading it that way i think all of jesus's language is quite forceful Mm. i think he's meeting them on their level I don't think he's like telling them to chill and then meeting. I think he's meeting them where they met him. Okay. Um, Now, that is to say that he does not accuse them of anything other than hypocrisy. Yeah. And so he doesn't continue. He's definitely not escalating the situation. Mm -hmm. He makes his claim and then holds his line. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the boundaries is like, you got to hold your line. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, So then moving into verse 23, the same day some Sadducees came to him saying there is no resurrection. (laughs) It's very common, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and they asked him a question saying, teacher, Moses said, if a man dies childless, his brother shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers among us. The first married and died childless, leaving the widow to his brother. The second did the same. So also the third down to the seventh. Last of all, the woman herself died 
in the res in the resurrection then whose wife of the seven will she be for all of them had married her so they're like we don't believe this so let me try to give you some crazy extreme situation and watch you fumble through um it's it's like it's their version of asking him the question is god so powerful that yeah, he can make a rock so, so big, big he that he can't, can't pick, pick it up, up. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what's happening yeah, yeah, yeah um and jesus responds you are wrong because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of god once again it's quite accusatory that is very accusatory for in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. And as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was said to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is God not of the dead, but of the living. And then the crowd heard it, and they were astonished at his teaching. Um, to me, I read that as like, yeah, no, you're missing a huge point, and let me explain why. And you are just plain wrong. Um, that one does feel, that feels like he's trying to, like, call out heresy almost. Like, at the time, it wouldn't have been considered heresy, but knowing death and resurrection and all of that coming, like he might have a pretty hard line there. I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to know. Uh, really nobody, no Jews really agreed on the resurrection in the ancient world. Right. It was quite a like significant theological battle, mm. um, which is also why it's interesting that like the resurrection becomes the focal point of the Jesus story. But um, yeah, I think, I don't know. It, it's so hard for me. Jesus is definitely correcting them in some way. He's also accusing them of not knowing what they're talking about, which is yeah. quite an insult to the Sadducees, right? These are the keepers of the temple. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, he also equates them to angels, which is not very strange. What's not actually what we do. It's not what anybody says we do. I mean, maybe like angels, but also like new heaven, new earth, final body, like mm. Imago Day. Like none of it really like makes sense actually. Um, but he does root it in their own Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Like he gives them their own church lingo. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I mean, the whole thing is kind of funny. Jesus is like making a mockery of him is yeah. what's happening. He's not being kind. He's definitely outsmarting them. I think that you were reading this in a much different way than I am. Bro, not in Matthew. We picked Matthew. This is yeah. at 22. Mm -hmm. Matthew's trying to prove to you that Jesus is a better Jew than them. That's his For number sure. one goal. For sure. And he's definitely making them look like clowns. I don't disagree with you at all, but I think the manner in which he does it is very important. Okay, and what manner is he doing it? I, obviously, we can't like 
no body language or read tone or anything mm-hmm. like that. But the way it reads, it does not read as if he is just straight up not always being accusatory, like in every statement, like you're wrong because you're an idiot and you did this. You're right. right? But you, but we're not seeing a back and forth. No. We're seeing a one-time engagement from them with a one-time engagement of him mm-hmm. in which both times he starts mm-hmm. with a clap back. He does. And and finishes his argument both times. And we're about to see a third one with some clap back. So let's move in. When the Pharisees heard that he had, had silenced the Sadducees, uh, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments uh, hang all the law and the prophets. There is no clapback. The second part is the clapback. Go back to the paying taxes. It was the Pharisees that he's having a conversation with. Then we jump to the Sadducees the same day. And mm-hmm. then the Pharisees hear that he silenced the Sadducees and come back. This is a three-part scene mm-hmm. of one single story mm-hmm. in which he's re-engaged the Pharisees. You have to read those stories as parallel. Yeah, he embedded his previous mic drop argument in the image of God. Yeah. The clap back is the second part. It's not forceful and aggressive because they weren't forceful and aggressive, mm-hmm. but each time he had clap back each time he met them each time he challenged, he never once gave. Okay. So if, if that's where you want to base this, I'm okay. Yeah. hundred percent. And that you hold your line. You just be as nice and as full yes. of grace as you possibly can. Yes, and never violence. Never violence. Um, and choose words very carefully. Mm-hmm. I think Jesus is very thoughtful. Yeah, I he think. is very thoughtful through all of it. Yeah. Um, careful, careful calling names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. I was gonna say that. Um, don't maybe don't run around calling people hypocrites. Maybe yeah. that's one of the things where you know. It's okay for Jesus to do that, but maybe yeah. we don't. Uh, that when you were so like, he calls them names. Like he does. He does. I was trying to pull a perspective that is like, yeah, maybe maybe we don't do that. Oh well, you could have said uh, that. I'm very yeah. open to saying that the Bible says and does things that okay. maybe we shouldn't do. Okay, but my job here. Is to interpret the text. Uh, he's name calling. He is he's clapped back. He he's not calling. being nice. Yeah. Until the greatest commandment. Yeah. Maybe don't do that. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe don't follow in Jesus' footsteps all the time. Yeah. Maybe don't do that one. <laughs> um, this is so funny. <laughs> so funny. I mean, imagine the old white guy that comes up to you and starts some BS conversation. And you call him a honky <laughs> and then walk away. Like, that shit's probably not okay. Like, that shit's just not probably okay. Calling him a honky. <laughs> Wonder Bread. <laughs> Wonder Bread. What's, that, what's the name of that movie called? Guess Bird Who? shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other one. Yeah, yeah it's Guess Who. Guess Who? Uh, Bernie Mac. Yeah, Bernie yeah, Mac Ashley and Ashley Kutcher. Kutcher. That is such uh, a funny movie. Yeah, it is. So, uh, the reason 
we used these stories is to show that you can have respectful conversation with people who are not respectful. Um, and you don't have to take their, you don't have to let them be on their bullshit either. No. Jesus didn't let them remain there. You can engage them in conversation. Yeah. Just make sure you are very careful about it. Yeah. Um, Artful. Yeah. This is you, an art, not a science. Use your words well. Um, and hold them boundaries. Hold the boundaries and keep your cool. Thanks for listening to the Let's Talk podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely. Also, feel free to check out our other podcasts.